Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18. Pastor Joe would always say the one thing that that we do, regardless of what we're going through, is get to the Word. And and so, um, that's what we're going to do tonight. So let's read uh, Galatians 5, verses 16 and 18, and then we'll go ahead and get started. I entitled this, Preparing a Place for the Holy Spirit. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these oppose to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So originally we were going to do a book uh, by Lloyd Pulley about sharing the gospel for the summer. We're not. We're going to go ahead and do the book under his influence, The Yielding of the Work of the Holy Spirit. I think it's something that we're going to need uh, in order for us to get through the things that we go through in life. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, and in order for us to to, to get through the things that, that we go through on a daily basis, we need to be connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things I think about is, like, what does, uh, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? And and, and again, that's just our walk, our walk in Christ. That's, it's, it's being connected to the power of the Spirit. The way that we do that is we're, we're spending time with God in our relationship with God. Um, it, it's, it's being connected uh, to the Spirit. And, and D.L. Moody once said that you might as well try to, to hear without ears or breathe without lungs or try to live a Christian life without the Spirit of God in your heart. You can't do it. You, you, you will wear yourself out. Uh, you, your, your flesh will eventually show up. And the thing that, that we need when we talk about the helper and the comforter is the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that provides that for us. Um, so who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, uh, for basic understanding, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of truth, Another term uh, for the Holy Spirit is the comforter or the helper. And in John 14, 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's the eternal God. The Bible makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit is God. And when Jesus was talking about the helper, it'd be better for me to go. It's because when we give our life to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes residence in us. And as we know, we will see Steve one day. 
He is not worried about the things of this world. He is enjoying being with Jesus right now. And that's what we need to remember. That's why eternity is such an important thing that we talk about with people, about sharing the gospel. But the Bible makes it so clear that the Holy Spirit is God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of, of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the faces of waters. He's treated on an equal basis of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We have the, the characteristics of God with the Holy Spirit residing in us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. It says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. He does the work of God. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but, the, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Knowing that the Holy Spirit is, is important, plus Jesus told us that in John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth, it's a benefit. It, it is for your benefit that I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We think about humanity and we think about selfishly wanting Jesus to be here right now. Right? And if you've given your life to Christ, He's with you through the Holy Spirit. And talked about it. If, if, with the amount of people that we have in this world, you would have a half a second to, sit, to talk to Jesus in your lifetime. That'd be it. You wouldn't even get the hello out. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So you are connected with the power of the Spirit. The dunamis power, the, the, uh, it, it's in, the, in the Greek it means dynamite. And it, it, it's the fact that if you place dynamite somewhere, it's never going to be the same after you light it up. The room's going to be completely different. And that's what's supposed to happen with us as we're a new creation in Christ. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be, in my, be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We have to remember, you can have as much God as you want. And one of the things that we need to remember is that the Holy Spirit does... A number of things that gives us power to witness uh, for Christ. We can boldly speak His Word because of the Holy Spirit. We can actually overcome bad habits and, and attitudes that enslave us. We can say no to the things that are wrong. We can choose to be inconvenienced and, instead of acting selfishly. We can actually admit our shortcomings, failures, and our sin because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us understand the Word of God and how to obey it. 
the Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray when we don't even know what to pray. It teaches us to love people even though they're unlovable. And we probably all got some of them in our lives, right? It encourages us instead of criticizes us. It helps us take responsibility for our actions. And it helps us follow Him no matter where He leads us to. I was thinking about this yesterday. I never understood why we were supposed to be in divine. Never understood why the Garniers followed us or why the Winstrom family ended up. And yesterday I understood. The Holy Spirit had us exactly where we were supposed to be. See, there's a war that's happening right now, and it's a war that's been raging, but over the last three to four years, it's been getting really bad with the flesh. We see that battle of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. That war is happening in our heart every day. And we have to ask ourselves, who's winning the fight? It's very simply, you know which one's winning the fight. Which one are you feeding? The flesh or the spirit? If you're spending more time doing fleshly things, you're feeding the flesh. If you're spending more time doing the things of God, then you're feeding the things of God. And unfortunately, what happens sometimes is we, that's when drifting begins, is when we start allowing the flesh to, to take hold of us. It's the spirit that, that gets us back on track. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But what are the works of the Spirit? In, verse, in Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. See, true revival actually begins when we cast out the selfishness and the things that are pulling us away from God. It's all about the heart. It's, it's, it, you know, when you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, and it says, who, And who has also put his seal on us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee? And Proverbs 4, 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for it, uh, from it, it flows the springs of life. Jesus said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, in Matthew 12, 34. And Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitfully above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? See, we understand that the heart and, 
is where everything happens in our organs. Uh, one of the things I remember is my dad, when my dad had uh, bypass surgery, he, had, he ended up having to have his chest open up. He had all these symptoms that were happening. He had pain in his jaw, pain in his arm, but it was all coming from the heart. The heart was fa failing on him. And for us, when we're when our heart, our, our center of our life is, is out of whack and we, we've kind of gotten away from the things that are of, of God, the scriptures, the attributes, the understanding, the thoughts, the emotions, the judgments, the motives, the desires, and the affections of the heart, that's where Jesus resides. And all things that happen in our heart, they spring from our heart. It's that strategic place where the Holy Spirit takes residence. It's here. In our hearts. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you be rooted and grounded in love. It's the Holy Spirit that takes up residence in our heart. But what happens is we allow things to get in our, in our, in our mind. And it pulls us away and next thing you know, the flesh is beginning to win. See, that's why it's important for us as we look at the heart, it's important for us to, to see, is there anything that needs to come out of there? Hurt, unforgiveness, anger, all that stuff cannot take resonance in our hearts. When we think about Hezekiah the king, one of the things that happened is when he uh, took over his king. He wanted the, the country to turn turn away from the sins that they were doing and turn back to God. First Kings eight eleven it says so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud of the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord and Israel had fallen away. And Hezekiah in Second Chronicles twenty nine verse two was a good king and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but the first thing he did was clean his temple. In 2 Chronicles 23, verse 9, it says, In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he started dealing with the things that were in his heart. See, we think about the temple, we think about the things that are there, we remember that the veil was torn in Matthew 27, 51, when Jesus died. It says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, earth shook, and the rocks were split. So where does the temple reside? In the heart. The temple of God resides in the heart. The Holy Spirit resides in the heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with the price, so glorify God in your body. See, sometimes our, our heart gets neglected. Uh, we, we, I'm thinking about, you know, one of the things I, I, I think of is we've been cleaning out our garage this weekend. And I think about all the junk that got put in there. And I'm like, half, uh, probably 90% of it ain't mine. And I'm like, what happened? How did it get like this? 
And it's taken probably six people to try to clean it out. But it was neglect, plain and simple. And that's what happens with the heart. You start letting stuff in. And let me tell you something. One of the, the, the biggest things that happen when we go through trials, that is a test of the flesh and the spirit. You will see people either run to Christ or run from Christ. Run to the spirit or run to the flesh. And, and it's easy to do. We, we just, we're, what happens is the enemy has us exactly where he wants us, tired, worn out. Just need to be at the feet of Jesus. And that's the only thing I could think yesterday. But I was so tired. And even then, it was like I, at the 10 o'clock at night, my daughter sent me something. And it encouraged me so much. And I was didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to listen to it. Lena, 10.30 at night, I'm like, please, Lord, stop. I need to just, I'm trying, I got a headache. I, I just, and it dealt with Paul and Silas as they um, were in the jail. And they're just singing after they've been beaten. And they've been placed in jail and they're just singing. It's after midnight. And one of the things Michael Youssef said is unfortunately that's when the devil goes after people. Is in the late hours of the night. He goes, but these men, because they were filled with the Spirit, were singing worship to God. And that's a hard thing to do. And yet they were doing it. And that's for us as, as we look at the things that are in our hearts. I was like, man, I needed that so much. As much as I didn't want to sit and listen to it. But I was like, I need this. It was exactly what I needed. And when I started reading the scripture, it was exactly what I needed to read. I think it's in Acts chapter 16. But we need to get rid of the filth. We need to get rid of the things that are, that are keeping us from strengthening our relationship with Christ. Our temples sometimes do need to be cleaned. They do need to be cleaned. And see, sometimes we'll allow those little acceptable sins, the bitterness, the resentment, the unforgiving. See, those aren't any of the fleshly sins that were listed, right? Those are all the big stuff, you know? Those are all the big stuff, but we do have those little things sometimes that, that build up in there. And we try to mask them. They can even be just be hurt. We can be angry. Angry at a situation, angry at God. Because this happened. And let me tell you something, I've been there before. And I would rather be talking to God, angry, than not be talking to Him. I know he's looking at me going, come on, mate, get it together. But we need to, we need to not stop, stop reaching out to, to our Lord. You know, we're challenged in so many ways, and, 
when I think about the heart, we have to think about, you know, what is, what is on my heart? What are the things that are, are, are on my heart today? The things that, are, that I'm dealing with and, and that, I, that I need prayer for? Am I going to be real about what's happening in my life? So many people come through the, the, the doors of the church, and I've seen this at Grace, and, and, and I've seen it here. They come in, and they, they don't talk. They don't tell anybody, and you know there's stuff going on, and they don't, they don't ask for prayer. And it's like, where are we supposed to be real at then? That's what church is for. And, and so for me, one of the things when I think what's on my heart, it's like if I, if I need prayer, that's why Jimmy's there. That's why I was on the phone with Dan yesterday. There's so many people praying right now. We don't get through these things on our own. That's why we have church. This is why COVID... I don't know why I just said that. Because I know it's going to get popped. This is why when we had that thing happen for three years... It, it kept people from gathering. That's what the enemy wanted. Yes, people got sick, and we understand that. And yes, people, people passed. But we still need to gather. It's like if our faith is going to be faith in action. I, if you tell me I'm, you're sick, I'm going to tell you I'm going to pray for you. But I'm going to tell you, take some action and go to the doctor. And then I'm going to pray while you're at the doctor. There has to be action behind what we do. Follow up, check on them, see how they're doing. And what's on our hearts should be the things that, that, Christ, that, that Christ would long for. It should be the same thing. We should have concern and welfare for others. And be in prayer for when people lose family. And, and, and I'm talking, look, I, you know, Jimmy and them lost, they lost family recently. And we were praying for them. But what's on our hearts? Are we going to ask for prayer? Are we going to be honest about what, what, what we need? What's on our lips? In Luke chapter 19, verse 46, it says, Saying to them, it's written, My house shall be a house of prayer. Prayer ought to be the greatest joy, the greatest privilege, the first thing that we should go and do. When somebody's telling you, Man, I don't know what's going on. My back's hurting. Stop. Let me pray for you. You don't have to go into a long, drawn-out thing. Just say, Lord, help heal my brother's back. Amen. But pray for him. Let this house, and I know you're going, this is not, this is the house of the BFW, but let this house be a house of prayer. Thank God nobody ended up in the bar tonight. You're here, right? Right? 
Let it be a house of prayer. What's on my lips? You know, I need to be in prayer. Oftentimes it's easier for us, and, and this is important. Oftentimes it's easier, easier for me to work than to pray. I can just be busy and, and just get back to working. I'm serving God. No, serving God is prayer, too. We, we operate, it operates in our strength and our weaknesses. Chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us within groanings to deep for words. And he searches hearts, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. It's the Holy Spirit. When you don't know what to pray, or you don't even know the person's name, you just say, Lord, you know who they are, you know their name. They ask for prayer. They ask for prayer. If we know what's on our hearts, what's on our lips, what's, what's on our minds. What's on our minds when we actually come into the presence of God? Do we understand that we're actually coming into the, 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 the holiness of who God is? That there, there, there are people, that, that you have the, the worship that's happening right now. Holy, holy, holy is the word that the Lord God Almighty. That's happening as we speak right now. And when you come into the presence, what's on your mind as you pray? See, we can never meet the standard of holiness for God. But we know that we have hope and we pursue holiness. But it's the Holy Spirit that keeps us constantly focused on the mind of Jesus. So how is that displayed in my life? Well, first, it should be demonstrated through the power of God. God should be you know, relevant or be something that people actually go, Man, that guy is full of Christ. Not full of other stuff. It should be demonstrated in your life. It's opening your house up. I, I, you know, it, it, something happens and you're just, let's go. Let's go help. It's demonstrating in the love that you have for one another. The love you have for your neighbor. So many people, they don't demonstrate this anymore. As Christians, one of the things that, that, that need to happen is it's true that many people reject Christianity, but a lot of times they reject Christianity because they see how you live. They go, That's, I don't want that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-3, through 3, it says, But I, brother, could not address your, you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not ready. For you still have, you still, uh, uh, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, because they were fighting, are you not of the flesh and behaving 
only in a human way. There was a pastor by the name of Evan Roberts that actually wrote a poem that talked about bend me, O God, bend me, and he did a sermon on it. And a young man that attended the service took that and said, man, he asked me to be bent, right? And he was trying to make heads or tails of it as he was talking about it. And one of the things that he said is that, that he understood that when he talked about bending him, he was talking about bending him as, as Christ was bent on the cross and placed on the cross. And he began to understand that, that it was his life that had been given over to God and that he would yield to the influence of that and live his life in that way, in that personal way. And it became a revival that happened in his life. And one of the things that he wrote, he goes on, this young man who gave his life to the Lord, Evan Roberts, based upon that, that, um, that poem, Bend Me, he said, one of the things I first did, I, I knew I needed to confess my sin, but I needed to stop hiding my stuff. I needed to stop making excuses for my sin. I got to start bringing that stuff to the light. The other thing he said, I need to stop putting away doubtful habits. Any doubtful habit. Anything that, that I needed to convince myself that I needed to do, I shouldn't do. Meaning that uh, maybe I should go do that. It's okay for me to go do that. Well, maybe you're talking yourself into it. If the Holy Spirit's leading you, you know you're supposed to go do it. There's no doubt. He said, the other thing is, I needed to start obeying the Spirit promptly. That's where the convincing went away. If you know you're supposed to do something, you just do it. And that's what God's called you to do. You're, you're obeying the Spirit promptly in obedience. And the other thing is, he learned, he goes, I needed to start confessing to Christ openly. I needed to stop trying to make my life fit into the world's mold. I had to start being honest about who I was and who God needed me to be. And it's important for us to remember this because as, as we look at the power of the Holy Spirit and as we're yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to be led by the Spirit. And it says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. In Galatians 5.18, the indwelling Spirit of God is present to help guide us, to comfort us, and to empower us. It empowers us. It's imparting life to us. It sanctifies us. It gives us purpose. It transforms us by changing our character from the inside out. And there should be that, 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 that powerful influence, the evidence that the Holy Spirit is present in your life. That's why it says in that, in that verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be continually filled. Be filled. And that's why it's important. He uses such a contrast of the negative influence of alcohol. And the contrast of light, light and dark, is what's being used here. The influence of the Holy Spirit. 
Because that word dispensation, is, which is in the, in the verse, it actually means wasteful living. There are things that we allow in our life that actually blocks our, our balance, that creates judgment issues where we, we don't make good decisions. That's how people fall into addictions. And they go into a greater, greater void of bondage. And Paul is saying, look, all that wasteful living has got to go. And how do you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit? First, easily, our speech. It tells us very simply that we should be uh, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. I tell you right now that when somebody's mourning, the best thing you can do is listen. They don't need your advice. Everybody, and, I, and this is something that's so important, I don't understand, and I, and I hope we get this, is because I, Lord have mercy, when people, we've had many funerals at, that we, we did, and everybody has their own, it's like the person is not even in the ground and they're giving them advice about mourning. And everybody gets to it in their own way. Some people, at the very beginning, they cry, they go through the whole thing, the whole process. And some people, six or seven months later, it hits them. It can be a song on the radio. And then all of a sudden, it just comes. And everybody gets to it in their own way. And so we should, when it's time, don't, don't give them advice. Give them things that are going to be beneficial to them. That's why he said, speaking to, to one another in Psalms. What was David's thing? David would always go to the Psalms. Read the Psalms. They're so encouraging. Give them Scripture. It's like singing a melody in our hearts to the Lord. And so what, we, what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what's in our hearts. When we yield to the Spirit, our speech is graceful. It's edifying. It's uplifting. You ever been around somebody that's like that? You just want to, you just want to hang out with them. That's all you want to do. You're like, man, I'm good. I just want to stay here with you. Rick is like that. I don't know if any of y'all met Rick. Rick at our, at our church. That dude is edifying. Like you just like you enjoy talking to the guy. It's just dripping with love. The other thing is is our attitude of giving thanks always for for the things of God. And and, and it's having the right attitude. It's it's having a thankful heart. It's so easy, you know, to be especially one of the things I love about Miss Elva is, is she has such a thankful heart. I mean, we're, it, it can be pure chaos in here, which is usually the last, last few weeks it's been pure chaos as we set up. Nothing's working. And Miss Elvis just comes in just as joyful and cheery, and she's like, oh, it'll work itself out. God, I'll go pray. And that's just how she is. And if you're thinking, does she have any clue what's going on? <laughs> you know what's coming out of you, right? the flesh but you need those people that are going to be edifying those people that are going to build you up and and lord knows we need more of those in, in today's culture for sure we need to be the ones that are, are are godly influence the culture because the culture is surely 
influencing people in negative ways. That's why we see everybody wanting to be a leader today and to argue today. And, and, and honestly, the biggest question that, that, that we have is, is, you know, where are you going to spend eternity? That's the biggest question of the day. You know, not how many pops are you going to get on TikTok? Because that's where most people's heads are at. Why? Well, I, I need, they need to hear my opinion. You know, it's like, no, they don't. Our relationships, too. Are we willing to love one another and be in unity with one another and have the fear of the Lord be the thing that moves us as a church? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit wants us to be, uh, our relationships not to be selfish. It wants us to be uh, giving. You know, it, it wants us to be, uh, you know, in that, in that capacity of where we're, we're just actually, you know, that agape love is where you're not expecting anything in return. Ephesians 5 21 it says Paul draws attention now to to the fact that we are to be filled with the spirit uh, submitting to one another in the fear of God and and that's a that's a, a reverence to God uh, you know it's like at the end of the day what are we going to do as a church remember I shared with y'all at the beginning of the year I believe it was the beginning of the year I don't even know where we're at because everything's flying by so quick right now but I shared with y'all that prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. And, and once, I, once I tell you that one part of the verse, you'll know, you know, uh, where it talks about the depth and the height and the love of Christ. That's what we all need right now. And when we're feeling, feeling like we, man, how do we get through this, this day? How do we get through the next day? How do we pray that, you know, that, that uh, the Heather in them can get through the next day? Take it day by day. It's that verse in Ephesians chapter 3 that Paul, it's a beautiful prayer from Paul. And it's, it's, it's a prayer I'm going to close out tonight with. And so let's just close our eyes and... And let's go before the Lord, and, and uh, I don't know why they got tools up here, but there's tools up here. I'm finding all kinds of stuff in this little thing here, you know, but let's pray. And y'all, I'm going to just read the Word of God, because sometimes that's the greatest prayers that we can have, is just go straight to Scripture. And I've done this before, so I, it's, I know for me it always encourages me, and I hope that, that that's what it does for you tonight. Remember, the power of the Holy Spirit is... is uh, something we need to be connected at more today than ever and so we'll pray for a fresh one of the holy spirit upon each of our lives and uh let's read that in, in ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 it says for this reason i bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named That according to the riches of the glory he may grant you 
to be strengthened with the power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We do lift up and we ask that you're as we pray that prayer, that the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that it would be uh, filled in, in, in the fullness of God in our hearts, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would help us in our time of need. And, and we just pray, again, we just lift up Heather and the family. We ask, Lord, that you be with them. We ask, Lord, that you provide uh, whatever is needed, Lord, uh, for her and the family. We ask, Lord, that... Um, that you would just bring peace and comfort. And Lord, as we read in Daniel, even if you have to surround her or send messengers of angels to encourage her, do that. And do that for the kids as well. Lord, I pray, I, I pray just for them to be able to sleep. Uh, one of the hardest things to do is, is just to find peace when we try to sleep after a loss. And and I pray that for, for Heather, uh, just that, Lord, uh, strengthen her, Lord. And we thank you so much for all that you're doing, Lord. We, we lift up this church to you. We pray, Lord, as a church, we pray that we would be able to come alongside them and help in any way that we can. Uh, we thank you so much for getting us through uh, yesterday and getting us through today. We just pray for tomorrow. We ask that you're... Your verse, your scripture says that your mercies are new every day, and I pray that that would be, uh, that scripture would come real in all of our lives tomorrow morning. We love you, Lord. We need your strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to, to reside in our hearts, Lord, and to, to guide our lives. I just ask that you just continue to help us do that, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, God bless. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.